0: Welcome back to the Later Day Podcast with your hosts, Braden, Keaton, and caden Except just Braden and Keaton. <laughs> this podcast is our answer to the everyday struggle of procrastinating our Come Follow Me studies. Whether you start your readings Monday morning or are listening to us on the way to church, we're just happy that you're here.
1: We certainly are, Keaton. Although, right now you sure. don't sound very happy. What's going on, man? How was your week? <laughs> I don't know. I feel
0: like I was just putting on a professional voice to we, try uh... and...
1: Are just happy that you're here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, we are happy. We're happy you're here. Yeah, we're it's Stoked, it's good. <laughs> we are stoked. We're just, we're happy to have uh, have some freedom today since Caden's gone. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I was just. It, it was funny goodness, to me. It Feels so like, good to just. Just kidding. No. We've been talking for like a couple minutes before we started recording, and then as soon as you put on your recording voice, you went like from like moderately happy sounding and like just like. <laughs> <laughs> having a fun time talking to me to like, welcome back to the later day podcast where we go.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to practice like my NPR voice. Okay, like, no, that's fine. welcome Whoa, back to the case. later day podcast. It no, good. yeah, I, I feel like I was focusing too much on my diction. No worries. I think you said everything by perfectly. that. By that, I mean, we tried starting earlier and I forgot to swallow my spit beforehand. So I was a little extra nervous to get it right. So it's like when, um, oh, well.
1: You know how like sometimes you'll be talking to people uh, just like in a group setting and you'll be chewing gum and then the gum gets like stuck on your tongue and like lips, (laughs) like it gets in the way, not necessarily stuck, but like it like fumbles around there. And so like you're saying something, but then it like muffles it a little and you just sound like you're a dunce.
0: I'm not sure I've ever had that experience, but I, I do know having too much spit in my mouth and trying to get a point across and accidentally spitting. It's kind of a, yeah, not good. Good manners. Good table side manners. So
1: speaking good of spitting, um, our co-host Caden okay. is actually sick today. Uh, and instead yes, of yeah, spit, he is. Uh, he's, something else is coming out of his mouth. So that's yeah, as far as we'll go there to maintain yeah, so a level of best respect. Best of luck to
0: him. Yeah. Good luck to him this week because finals are or midterms are picking up and he's got yeah, a lot of school to do. being so. sick
1: anytime you have to like think is really difficult <laughs> yeah. anytime you have like midterms and stuff going on, so our hearts true. go out and to the him. last
0: the last thing Kaden needs right now is to read the scriptures in depth with two of his friends, so yeah, obviously that's the last thing he could use right <laughs> There could be another couple of things, but uh
1: so Keaton that's and true. I decided for this episode yeah. that um we'd try to encourage the listeners to read as much as they can from this um chapter not necessarily like from uh come follow me but like the actual verses in here um keaton brought up a good point earlier that most of the verses that we share or are going over today are like often quoted like these are some of the most quoted verses in all of the book of mormon let alone just nephi
0: um, yeah, and like no shade to the writers and editors of this, but these are some very content-heavy chapters. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's kind of hard for us to be able to go through all of it, but we're going to try and talk about what we need to and what we feel prompted to. Yeah,
1: luckily they always include the uh, giant headings for us to like kind of stay on track. But like some of these verses, they just get so in-depth. And there's so many different ranges of emotion that you go through when reading the first uh four or five chapters of second nephi now that we're uh finally onto the second book that yeah, we got
0: uh, we got death we got doctrine we got emotion we, yeah, we got mourning seriously. we got like there's yeah you're right there, a wide range state of, of happiness things. like
1: there's so much going on here that it's it's kind of a, a different tone but with very familiar characters still right so it's a very different tone of you know they're finally where they want to be they're finally where the lord has kind of provided the way for them to get to so that they can live in a manner of happiness and and that just happens to be um the name of the lesson we lived after the manner of happiness and so yeah i'm excited um hopefully we we do these chapters justice really is all i'm hoping for
0: i agree and i hope caden feels good about missing out on this (laughs) (laughs) yeah truly um well, and, and one of the reasons why there is so much content is because this is the end of Lehi's life mm-hmm. And I feel like perhaps we might have gotten some of these verses and scriptures In the lost pages and things like that that Lehi had written But it's all kind of condensed here just as his final word and testimony And so there is there is just quite a lot of greatness here Right and Yeah, we could just jump right into it, I suppose Yeah, But yeah, it it does talk about, you know, if your life was coming to an end, which, you know, obviously, let's hope that doesn't happen for most people here. uh, What were the messages or what would the messages be that you'd want to share with those you love the most?
1: Yeah, I uh, actually, I was thinking about this opening statement a lot, actually, in the last 20 minutes, uh, as I was reviewing some things before the lesson, just kind of waiting. Um, yeah, full
0: disclosure. Uh, I totally, like, not ghosted, but left Braden hanging for half an hour. Yeah, he left me on read. I, uh, yes, I, <laughs> I. No, that's fine. He got a little caught up dealing with, uh, the baby. And so, yeah. No worries. I did not text Braden, and he was just like, hey, I'm, I'm waiting.
1: So, but it and left so me ample time to bad. sit, sit with my own thoughts and actually provide the amount of time I've needed, um, and I've, uh, neglected, I don't want to say neglected, because this is, once I bring it up, it's definitely something that, like, I've thought about a lot, and, uh, recently, as I just get into it, and, and you'll see why I thought of this, as I asked myself this question, like, what final messages would you want to share with those you love most, if you knew your life was coming to an end, um, recently in my family, we had a, a death in the family, um, and this is probably the first time, uh, I've experienced a death in the family with someone who I have. Uh, how uh, uh, like it, it's always been like great great grandparents or like great grandparents mm-hmm. that I've I've had die in the family. I haven't had like an auntie or an uncle die, and this was the first time that I've had an aunt die, and it was very mm-hmm. or or pass on like it was a very um, yeah different um, like it was. When I f- heard the news, I was with a friend at the time, and um, I didn't really get, process enough of my emotions as far as how I was feeling about it. And and um, obviously, I was speaking with my mom, and it's her sister, and um, it, I wanted to comfort my Damn. mom as much as possible while I was on the phone with her because I knew um, her relationship with her sister was greater than the relationship I had with my aunt at the time and um I was I was thinking a lot even just during fast and testimony meeting today um just about my aunt and some of the last kind of memories I had of her because she's had um some struggles in her life uh where she's kind of been in in and out of the church and there's an indefinite amount of time where she was just not present in the church and her standing with God was definitely undetermined I think and um I think a lot of my experiences and a lot of my actual memories of uh, this particular aunt or family member of mine have been um, just not at all around the church or any example that she's ever like set for me per per se. Like it's it's always been like uh, almost like a, a working relationship like me and her were never like super close but it's it's a familiar face to me that I I I won't see as much anymore obviously and um I was thinking about it today and I had an opportunity to see her um when I last visited my family over the holidays uh, over Christmas and I didn't I didn't see her uh when she was mm-hmm. at the house and I I've thought about it a lot like my mom told me I should go say hi but I was like I just saw her at the family reunion not too long ago like it's whatever and my mom said, like, I wasn't even doing anything particularly time-consuming or, like, important. Um, she just dropped by the house and was working on, like, a bathroom renovation or something downstairs. Um, but I digress. And I th- I, th- I think back and I, was, like, feel bad because I, I, I had a chance there had I known that would have been, like, a final goodbye. But then I also think past that, like, the last, last time I ever saw my aunt who had had struggles or had you know whatever she was going through in her life was coming in a little bit late to a sacrament meeting in my home ward and uh yeah I can only hope that uh, that's that's the change needed or like that's like the, the ball rolling for her as she passes on that uh, will admit her into you know a a greater state of being or state or manner of happiness in the the next life sort of thing. Um, And so that's why when I'm thinking about this, this um, heading, like if you knew your life was coming to an end, what final messages would you want to share with those? Even if I didn't have a final Mm -hmm. message, there's a final um, example, I guess I'd want to set. And uh, I can definitely say that she set an example for me, even me being like an active member who's going to church all the time anyways uh even just me seeing her show up that one time this last time i saw her was it it's changed the way i think of her i guess eternal perspective or eternal being which i don't want to get too too far into but maybe i've gone off yeah. track super no really but like that's that's just kind of what I was thinking about today in sacrament meeting, as people were um, well fast and testimony meeting, as people were kind of talking about procrastinating your, uh, the day of repentance or like uh, forgiving yourself, sort of things. I was thinking, like, man, like r- repentance isn't just one day; like, it's it's many different things over a period of time, and it can it starts where you feel most like when you as soon as you start feeling a little bit uncomfortable about coming to the Lord. That's when, like, repentance starts, I think. And uh, I I know she was on the right track, or at least I'm choosing to believe that she was on the right track. And I I seriously uh, have been, um, like, even today I felt like the Spirit, like, telling me, like, uh, you don't have to worry about, like, her state or something. Like, you don't have to worry about, you know, doing what some of the prophets in the Book of Mormon do when they, they kind of, like, Worry over their brothers and sisters' um, eternal being or right? I, I, I standing, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So sorry to take sorry, over well, the last thank, four or five no, minutes. It's okay.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. I think that's the perfect spirit to bring into this, into these messages or into these scriptures because they are so important. And it's exactly what Lehi was getting at is that how precious life is mm-hmm. and how, yeah, he was worried about his kids. And he didn't want to have to be. But he also wanted them to know to not be worried. Right. And yeah, I think I think if I have any comment on that, I think it's important that even if, you know, y- you hadn't seen your aunt going into church, we never know what people are doing on the inside to try and change. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like um I, I think that's that's a great manifestation of that that you were able to see, but where there's still so much that we don't get to see where other people are changing and trying to change. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Like it, and it so, it's, yeah. it's definitely a comforting thing for me. Um, when, cause everyone mourns in their own different way, right? Like the grief process in, in that. And like, I definitely having some knowledge of, you know, what comes after and, and like having as much faith as I do in this gospel, like, um, passing on to me isn't as much of well and I don't even want to say that cuz like I know I'd be deeply saddened by any close relative or any friend passing like I am deeply saddened and I truly truly feel um sad but like as far as like the way I convey myself afterwards like I don't let it distract me as much as maybe some some people who don't have the knowledge of you know like it's not over for them like there's still chances there's still um much more behind the scenes like God still wants them at his side. That's the kind of thing. Like God still wants them in his presence. And and yeah. that's just cool and that's what Lehi's trying to do. He's like trying to say like you whether you listen to this or not, like I just want everyone to be happy and I just want to go off uh, like I want to go while having this record of me doing my absolute best to try to get everyone to
0: Yeah, he listen. wants no blood on Excuse me. No blood on his hands. Yeah, essentially, that's the word. I sh- yeah, just that, absolutely. mic drop. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm clean. I'm good. You're all free to act for yourselves now. Yeah, because you like knew
1: he'd be accountable, right? And like it, you could go into accountability and just go crazy off topic and and go into a whole bunch of different things with with that. But Lehi's an excellent example of li- leaving nothing unsaid for his children, and uh, that's awesome. That's an awesome yes, parenting. That's a great move.
0: way to put that. All right, well, let's let's just hop right in now since the, we, we have the Spirit with us, I feel like. We have the wind at our backs. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> let's jump in, and we start off with the headings here in 2 Nephi chapter 2, where it says, I am free to choose eternal life. And it starts with a quote by Elder Christopherson that says, God intends that his children should act according to the moral agency he has given them. It is his plan and his will that we have, or... His will that we have the principal decision making role in our own life's drama. So it's, it's kind of what we were talking about, where we, we don't know what's going on. We don't get to see what other people do because they have the decision making role in their own life. Mm-hmm. And so Lehi essentially just outlines conditions and things to help us. And he says a knowledge of good and evil, a law given to mankind. Opposing, enticing choices, and a power to act, and we wanted to focus on Second Nephi chapter two eleven, just because it, again, like we were saying, there is so many good scriptures in these chapters where we just had to go through and pick out ones that we wanted to focus on. Otherwise, we'd be here for a few hours. Which, if you want that, <laughs> let us I'm, know. But... I've got stuff to do. I still got to eat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so maybe you'd be listening to me um, eating like a steak sandwich or something, yeah. but
0: like start chomping, have some ASMR. <laughs> but uh, sorry, we're starting to lose track. Okay, so in Second Nephi chapter two eleven, it says, "For it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. If not so, my firstborn in the wilderness." He's talking to laymen, of course. Righteousness could not be brought to pass, neither wickedness, neither holiness nor misery, neither good or bad, nor bad. Wherefore, all things must needs be a compound in one. Wherefore, it should be one body. If it should be one body, it must needs remain as dead, having no life, neither death, nor corruption nor incorruption, happiness nor misery, neither sense nor insensibility. Yeah, that's a good verse. And and I think the main part of the verse that we like to focus on, of course, is that there must be opposition in all things, which it continues on for the rest.
1: Mm-hmm. And, well and opposition but like so they sum it up in the little heading there or the descriptor of the verse where it says opposing enticing choices and so mm-hmm. both sides are very enticing um for their own reasons and it like most things like if you if you choose to go into um your decisions like thinking if you're like one of those people that makes like a pros and cons list i guess um mm-hmm. like both both sides um Though they have their polar opposites, they have like enticing things for for why you should make that decision. And those enticing choices um, are sometimes hard to um, always choose correctly, I guess, or always choose um, what's best for you wisely, I should say.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of choices that are good or bad. And I feel like a lot of the time we we do pretty good with the good or bad but it's the good, better, best choices that are the most difficult, mm-hmm. where we could just do just enough to carry on, but we need to do what's best, and it's harder to do that. So that's I feel like when he's talking about po- opposing, enticing choices, it's there's opposition. There's the natural man who just wants to do what's good, but then there's the better and the best. That's a great talk by Elder Oaks, if someone wants to read that. Maybe I can link it in the bottom as well. Uh, what's the talk's yeah. name? Be the better, the better, best, better, best, good, better, best. Oh, cool, cool. Maybe there's another title, but uh, it'll be linked at the bottom then regardless. But yes, so that's, those are the main things we wanted to talk about with this section. And then it jumps right along. Uh, In the same chapter, actually, the next heading is the fall and the atonement of Jesus Christ are essential parts of Heavenly Father's plan. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And so, um, Everyone who's familiar with um, the plan of salvation knows that Adam and Eve, um, we can't blame them, essentially, because you can't pervert the ways of the Lord, and this was always the plan that they would fall and that they would have to experience um, sin in order to experience redemption and that the Savior would need a purpose and that that purpose would be to um, bring about the eternal glory of mankind, like, of of God, right? And and it's just, it's so crucial to Heavenly Father's plan that everything goes the way he needs it to go. And that's why it's, I, I think Caden and I talked a little bit about it, even just with a small example of, like, um, Nephi's brothers tying him up on the boat and, like, no one else, even though they probably were in multiple positions over the span of multiple days to, like, just loosen the bands or like set nephi free that they didn't and that was because the lord was trying to teach a lesson and you don't pervert the ways of the lord um and and and, yeah. and, and so like it just goes to show that even the fall and the atonement of jesus christ are essential parts of heavenly father's plan when e like e- even back then for for uh nephi and his family like they needed to know these same things as we do now because a, a lot of churches nowadays will have different opinions on on the fall um and and it's it's important that that knowledge isn't confounded like it has been and i think it's important to show that even back then they knew that it was um essential or, or that it was um yeah there was purpose to it
0: yeah Uh, And yeah, all these scriptures, 22 to 29, are all so great in how they explain it. Talking about how they couldn't have children, they would have remained innocent. And I just really like 24, 25, and 26, saying, But behold, all things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things. Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. That good old scripture mastery scripture. (laughs) (laughs) And then, but I just love 26 as well where it says, And the Messiah cometh in the fullness of time that he may redeem the children of men from the fall. And because that they are redeemed from the fall, they have become free forever, knowing good from evil, to act for themselves and not to be acted upon. And yeah, it's exactly what you're saying, that they, the atonement and the fall go hand in hand. Adam and Eve fell so that we could be born and we could have bodies. And the atonement came to make that right. The atonement came to help us, you know, be able to be resurrected, be able to be free from sin. And so, yeah, they go hand in hand Mm -hmm. and they are just brilliant. Well done. Well done. Heavenly father. (laughs) 10 out of 10 stars. I'm really good plan.
1: (laughs) I'm a big fan of the plan so far. A plus plus from what you've given us. I think I like it. (laughs) Yeah. I I think think it's going to work. So yeah, Yeah. I think this is a good one. This one's a keeper. Um, (laughs) Actually, and this is kind of related. I was, I was just, I'm looking at the the pictures or like the thumbnails for some of the videos that they have um, here, in the lesson plan, and uh, it just makes me think of like all of the videos the church has put out as far as like you know the Bible videos, the Book of Mormon, um you know some of the temple, um the stuff that goes on in the temple, like. It makes me appreciate the extra view, I guess, like the 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 other point of view you get on it aside from the scriptures, where, like, you can truly see, I mean, well, we try as much as possible to recreate whatever they would have gone through, but, like, it just gives you the extra um, kind of premise that there was so much more going on for to these people, or going on for, like, in this time period, or, like, in this particular circumstance, than we can even, you know, scribble on these plates right now to tell you. And uh, it goes to show, like, you know, what their feelings would have been like, just trying to, trying to think of like what Adam and Eve were even processing at the time when they realized like, oh, now we're cut off from God. Shoot. Like, like imagine like the, um, shoot. Yeah. yeah, That's what they said. (laughs) Oh no, shoot. Shoot. Oh, oh, rats. (laughs) (laughs) No, obviously it's like, just imagine the emotions or like the feelings you'd have when your life has done a total paradigm shift or it's like, it's, it's completely changed. It's altered. And like, like, it's i don't know if we do it as much justice as it as it deserves i guess but yeah that all that praise and all that glory i should say goes to the plan and it goes to you know god selecting choice people at certain periods of time um and that even kind of goes along with the foreordination and we go on into the next heading of foreordination and it's just mm-hmm. it's it's a weird uh, in today's Sunday school lesson, we were talking a little bit about how God's ways are, you know, small and simple, but they go about, well, they bring about great things that can even confound the wisest of people. And I think that's so true here. Like, how it's just like, it's incomprehensible how um, well put together the plan is, aside from just saying it's it's perfect, but even that doesn't do it justice. Like, it's hard. I just... I'll stop nerding out or geeking out about God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Geeking out about God. Yeah, I just... Check the store for t-shirts. Just nerded
1: (laughs) everywhere, so... No,
0: No, that's good. But moving on, we're moving right along. In chapter 3, it talks about Joseph Smith being foreordained to restore the gospel. And there's a whole slew of verses that all talk about all these things that are very specific, that it's clear. Okay, it's talking about Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. The, the verse in particular we wanted to point out is that or number 15 and his name shall be called after me and it shall be after the name of his father and he shall be like unto me for the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand sh- by the power of the Lord shall bring my people unto salvation. So stating yep okay he'll share the name he'll share the, share the name of his father and what he brings forth will give the people salvation.
1: Yeah, that could be anyone. Right? Yeah, that could <laughs> <Okay>. be anyone. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no like and that's such yeah. a crazy like imagine um even uh whoever was dictating the scriptures at that time for Joseph when he was writing these verses must have just been like
0: huh. <laughs> yeah, at this time, mm, would it still have been Oliver Cowdery potentially? I and mean, this is still fairly
1: early on right
0: yeah but yeah just imagine sitting there being like what what's going on what's happening
1: <laughs> well cuz yeah. and and it's important to note that like Joseph Smith was reading as he was going on like he was just talking as he's reading through it and there's multiple yeah. um testimonies of the translation um process like yeah, not, this isn't just Joseph all,
0: we don't need to get all into yeah, that yeah like, it's not just
1: Joseph <laughs> throwing in like Oh yeah, I'm gonna be foreordained. And I'm just gonna make this concrete little <laughs> evidence. Like, it's not that, and and naysayers will haters are gonna hate. But uh, haters gonna hate. Once again, you cannot pervert the ways of the Lord. And Joseph was foreordained, ordained, just as um, Adam and Eve, just as the Savior, just as other prophets, like everyone, just as you are today, to be where you are today. And, and it's like important.
0: Yeah, I had just a funny anecdote on my mission. I, you know how, if you go into a little apartment building, well, this is probably different for you. Anyway, in certain towns and cities, there's all these little apartment buildings that have, they're like eight apartment buildings or whatever. There's like a couple floors and they have the same layout on each floor. And anyway, there's always a little mailbox at the front and sometimes there's names on the mailboxes and one of them said Joseph Smith. So I was like, oh my goodness, could you imagine baptizing Joseph Smith? (laughs) and so we went and knocked on the guy's door this guy shows up in a white tank top just like the the old like picture perfect like dude who probably smoked for a lot and just yeah exactly who you wouldn't you know think about when you think about joseph smith and I was like, hey, you know, we're missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ. You know, we're just trying to share a message about. I, I can't remember what my, my pitch was at the time, but essentially I was like, did you know that you you share a name with the prophet, the first prophet of our church? And he was just like, no, <laughs> just the most apathetic, like, yeah. no. And we were like, oh, uh, well, okay, well, you, now you do know. And he's like, thanks. And then he shut the door. <laughs> And it's probably our fault for like, you know, just being weirdos (laughs) about it. Yeah, I don't know if I
1: ever would have brought that up. I mean, I think you have to acknowledge it at some point, though. So who knows? Who can blame you? Yeah. (laughs) Like, you just go about the whole um, conversion process without dropping Joseph Smith, (laughs) like his full name.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's true. But yeah, that was my funny little anecdote. But yes, Joseph Smith... Clearly, very clearly foreordained for this purpose, and all prophets naturally are have foreordination, mm-hmm. and so they're all very important to us. And so, Just a little shout out to President Nelson. He's the best.
1: Yeah, he's the
0: best. Um, he's great.
1: And so as we go on, I kind of want to do a small call back to uh, just the very beginning of the lesson where we were talking about all the different emotions you kind of go through while you're reading uh, these chapters. Yes. Uh, so we've we've gone through, you know, like we've experienced some death. We've got, um, you know, Lehi's uh, life-altering lessons being taught um, to his children. We've got people living in a manner of happiness for a time. We've got, um, you know, Nephi being so connected with the Spirit that he's just able to discover so many of the Lord's um, plans for the future, or all this foreordination, or, or however you want to kind of group that into a phrase. Um, then we go into chapter four, which is like just an amazing chapter about Nephi's personal struggles, and this is probably one of the yeah, first. Yeah, this times
0: is Nephi's to... mic drop moment. Yeah, well, like this like, is Lehi this is, just had his.
1: Like this is Nephi's yeah, Nephi's turn. Um, time to not necessarily. Well, yeah, this is the first time I think we we truly see Nephi for who he is as just a person, um, going through an incredible amount of hardships, an incredible amount of trials. We see everything kind of taking, it's like bearing him down or we kind of see like how put together he is. And this is like one of the first times we see him kind of come apart. But even the way he comes apart is so perfect and so um like such a good example that it's like, man, you're just too perfect. Like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I even think it it would probably benefit us when we read this scripture or these chat this chapter and study it to even take a break from nephi for a second and think in our head or like read it as if christ himself were saying it because mm-hmm. it is it's that magnitude of of feeling other people's emotion like having and, other people's well, and comprehension like, on you.
1: like self-comprehension like this is like stuff he's yeah. coming up with himself and he's like and I think a lot of people have this same sort of experience at one point or another in their lives where they're like like who am I like what am I doing like and it's not necessarily that but it's it's also such like a profound moment in Joseph oh sorry in in Nephi's life as not only just Nephi but as like a leader of his family like his father's dead like he knows he has to lead his family he's he's in charge now and uh We know that Nephi is someone who desires the well-being of everyone so um, some of the stuff he goes on to say here is just so profound and
0: so um, it does remind me of Joseph's kind of psalm where he like the oh God where art thou Mm -hmm. kind of a like just completely destroyed and and all pride has gone away and they're just yeah looking to God for everything for all their support Because, yeah, Nephi, I think some people call it the Psalm of Nephi. Correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody, there's probably another one in here somewhere, but I feel like this is what people call, or Nephi's Lament, or I don't know. Mm -hmm. But he starts off, we're not going to read the whole thing, but there's just so many good things to just jump from. He says, and upon these I write the things of my soul. And then many of these scriptures, many of the scriptures which are engraven upon the plates of brass, For my soul delighteth in the scriptures, and my heart pondereth them, and writeth them for the learning and the profit of my children. Behold, my soul delighteth in the things of the Lord, and my heart pondereth continually upon the things which I have seen and heard. It's just so good. Oh my goodness. I just like... He, uh, yeah, I'm in awe of that. That's just—it's it's definitely. Good. Not even, it's I just—I don't even know what to say, honestly. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely a chapter
1: where once you read it, um, in the context that, like, because you can read the, through this chapter and, and get nothing out of it, you can read through this chapter and get a ton out of it. Like, it's like all the scriptures, but like when you read it and you're truly prepared to study the scriptures, when you decide to read this chapter, you can pull all sorts of self-reflecting. Things like like Nephi's just taught us in the last lesson, liken all scriptures unto yourself. Now now he's giving us this incredible amount of scriptures to kind of go, okay, Braden, um, liken all these to yourself and see what you got out of it. And it's yeah, it's a a great activity, a great study session, a great, um, learning lesson, self re- period of self reflection. Like I, that's all we can. Can and really should say about um, Second Nephi four, just because you don't want to listen to us talk about it. You want to hear it yeah, coming you wanna from the it on your own. Yeah, it's just I it's just, just had it's a... too wholesome and too good.
0: You just you were talking about reflections, and I was like, oh yeah, this is just like in Mulan when Mulan sings the reflection song. Mm-hmm. This is Nephi's reflection song. Good stuff. Mulan's the best. um carrying on (laughs) just we just want to yeah just take out a few of these scriptures where he just talks about oh wretched man that i am yea my heart sorroweth because of my flesh and my soul grieveth because of mine iniquities i'm encompassed about because of the temptations and the sins which do so easily beset me oh good i've got to stop doing the groaning thing i just it's good (laughs) <laughs> my God hath been my support. He hath led me through mine afflictions, in the wilderness. He hath preserved me. He hath filled me with his love, even unto the consuming of my flesh. He hath confounded my enemies. He hath heard my cry by day, and hath given me knowledge by visions by in the night time. I have waxed bold and mighty prayer before him. Angels came down and ministered me. Yeah, just. Very good. Yeah. And, and Oh, and 27. 27's in a, Sorry. I no, know, go for I'm it. Just, go I'm, for it. I'm just loving it. These scriptures are the definition of testimony. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and why should I yield to sin because of my flesh? Yea, why should I give way to temptations that the evil one have place in my heart to destroy my peace and afflict my soul? Why am I angry because of my enemy? Awake my soul, no longer droop in sin. And then oh just keep on. Just doesn't end. Just keeps on going. Yeah, like I said, it's please it's, read this. Yeah, it's anyone definitely, who hears our voices, please. It's
1: definitely read something and to ponder this. Spend some time doing. Pray about it before you read. Pray after you read, pray while you're reading, sort of thing. Um and and honestly, I just like the, the title, like the heading here. It's like I can turn to God in my weakness. So wherever you are, however lonely you are, whatever road you're walking. However dark it is, um, however surrounded you are by, you know, others' iniquities, or however stormy, whatever the cause, whatever the case, you can turn to God in your weakness, and I can assure you that you'll be able to come out on top. It might be, it might not be the way that you think it is um, initially going to be, but the Lord has a plan, and He'll always make sure that that plan is is seen to and that he'll make sure that you're taken care of in the end
0: and uh, yeah he it talks about that part of this is yeah he just lost his father but now he's also got the leading of his family is resting on his shoulders Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like yeah we we get placed with these huge burdens or at least seem huge to us and we get brought down to our very lowest and all of us have had that happen to us. I don't if anyone says that they've never been brought down by their burdens, they're lying. And I would like to meet them and learn from them. Yeah. But well maybe not learn from them if they're liars, but if if they're being truly honest, then please let me know. I would love to learn from you. <laughs> so as long as you don't get translated too fast. <laughs> but he just yeah. It it happens to everyone and we all can look to Nephi as an example of someone who had a huge trial and immediately turned to God in every way, like he's repenting, and I'm sure he didn't have a things to repent of, but he is repenting of, of all his small, small weaknesses. Just very inspiring. Yeah, he's repenting of even
1: just being angry or having feelings of anger yeah. come when he's being mistreat- mistreated, which is like a superhuman thing. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. When well, it, it and reminds
0: think- me of. Well, I've heard from a patriarch that, you know, like they're not, while they're encouraged, you know, not to even like fight with their spouse. Obviously that I wouldn't recommend that in general. I think that's safe to say, but (laughs) like, even if, if they have contention in their home, they can't, you know, if they're going to give a patriarchal blessing. Right. And so it makes me think Nephi is kind of in that position where he's, he just can't afford to be far from the spirit. So he has to just get everything out there, all his weakness.
1: Yeah, that's a super good yeah. way to look at it. Um, So when he's finally able to do all of that, he lives with his family in a manner of happiness. and mm-hmm. uh, Which
0: brings us to chapter five.
1: Yeah, brings us to chapter five, and that's where the heading happiness is found in living the gospel, something that we've talked about a lot on the podcast. Um, something that we've noticed a lot in just scriptures in general, as well as teachings of the gospel, it's it's truly there for the betterment of our souls and for the betterment of our happiness, like our state of mind. Um and once you do start living the gospel, you recognize that immediately. Um because mm-hmm. it and, and though there still may be trials or or whatever, you can easily pick out the points where you're most happy. And we talked a little bit about the difference of, you know, what joy means and what happiness means and, like, what, in like, entertainment is or, like, just just the different wording you can use around it and what feelings emote the most amount of joy when living the gospel and what truly makes you happy, which makes you sad and, and whatnot. And so that's cool. And I love
0: that the gospel yeah. can do that for us. And And it makes me think just this whole chapter, Nephi 5, this is when, you know, Nephi's brothers are conspiring against him again, and, you know, they want to kill him, and so he receives the prompting to get up and go, take everyone, you know, that's righteous with him. Um, in the videos, they make a good example to show that some of Laman and Lemuel's spouses and kids are, like, sad that they have to leave mm-hmm. and sad that they have to stay, you know. Or they're, like, committed um, to people who yes, they don't
1: necessarily and so agree. they can't
0: leave. But uh, it's, it's an interesting thing just to bring up like a modern talking point of, you know, God prompted Nephi to leave. And there are situations where maybe we have a friend or even um, in some situations, a family member who being near them or being around them is bad for us. It's either bad in like a sinful way or bad or they, they bring us down or even maybe like we bring them down you know maybe we're the problem and it's just showing that if we feel that prompting that we need to i don't want to say rid ourselves but remove that from our life to live after the manner of happiness we need to do that and i know i'm like I said, this isn't a podcast about you know breaking free from from dangerous families or or things like that but i just that's one thing that came into my head to talk about is just that we need to follow our promptings. And if that includes following Nephi's example and just getting rid of those things and people in his life that were causing that unhappiness, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously there's a tactful way to do it. Yes, very, just yeah. ghosting them mm-hmm. is not a good way to do that. I think it's, it's important to try and find resolution first and, and stuff like that. But yeah, you, you have to do what you have to do for your own health, mentally, physically, spiritually, all that. Yeah. I know that's more of a modern example. That's not necessarily what it's getting at. It just came to my mind. So,
1: um, well, and I like that it came to your mind cause you're right. Like, and, and kind of going off of that, but as well as on my own little point here and bringing it back to like that whole, like, you know, you, you could feel uh, surrounded by, you know, bad influences or, or maybe you feel, um, alone for instance like say you're like you're walking this path alone and and you're you're trying to stand out like as soon as you decide you know what maybe i'm not going to follow you know the example of these other people as soon as you decide to you know put on we'll say yeah put on some vibrant gospel color um you immediately stand out to anyone who's also in that same position of being alone and you're almost easier to follow like there's that that saying in in the church like let your light so let your light so shine forth or whatever and not or whatever but you know what i mean um and it's, it's it's cool to see that as soon as that light goes on it's the first thing that catches your eye in that image of like a dreary sky um dark road evening kind of of setting and and it's cool you 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 know that you're the focus for someone else and that, that's Jesus yeah. for us, or that's uh, Nephi for us right now. That's whichever prophet for us right now. Like, it's cool.
0: Yeah, I think I just had thought of an example, too. And I know that you can probably relate to this later on in your life. But when I was in junior high, I had a few friends who were, like, they were nice to me. And, you know, but they were definitely into some things that were not, you know, the best and not up to the the teachings of the gospel and you know, it was kind of something that was starting to not necessarily like creep into my life, but there was like, I don't know. I feel like I just was a little more angry around that time. Wasn't as nice at home. And there was things that I like wanted to like, I don't know, shows that I wanted to watch or things like that, that weren't up to the gospel. And I remember like another shout out to my great twin brother, Austin, the wisest of the two. He just was like, why are you why do you keep hanging out with them? Like I know they're nice to you, but and maybe he doesn't remember this at all But he essentially was just like You got to hang out with people that you're going to be friends with for longer mm-hmm. Like our other friend cohen was in junior high with us as well And I remember him saying like you should hang out with me and cohen Like I know your other friends are in your other classes, but like we're going to be your friends forever And Aww. these guys are just going to be here for now And I was like and I at the time i'm sure I was like, Ugh. Austin, like you're so wrong. But looking back, like it was such wise counsel of like, you need to stick with the good influences in your life, which is obviously where you can relate to that later on in our lives when we met each other Mm -hmm. and things like that. But even beyond that, there was other friends that Austin and Cohen were hanging out with that we hung out well through high school with. And it just, yeah, it, it was a huge change. And not that like I, occasionally, I still like keep in touch with the other people I hung out with in junior high, and like it's not like they were terrible people, but there was just it's that difference of are you with the people that are going to bring whatever, you the most happiness? Yeah, are you with the people who are supporting your standards or you know borderline mocking your standards kind of a thing? Right. So yeah. So and, I and are you supporting that's just the standards while you're it.
1: with these people, or or are you mocking? Because you can put yeah. it on yourself, too, depending on which uh, group of people you decide to choose. Like, some people I know in the church, like, some people will sacrifice their own morality just to, like, fit in, right? They'll even,
0: like... Oh, I think, I think we all do it. Yeah, well, yeah. at some points, for sure. You know,
1: true. I'll catch myself it's there. Like the natural man mm-hmm. 24-7 like we'll, is we'll, like, oh, maybe if I do really that, quick. like,
0: maybe... I know there's diverse opinions about swearing in the church, but how many times have you, or I've thought this, where it's like, oh, maybe they'll think I'm cooler if I swear right now. Yeah. You know? And like again, diverse opinions about swearing in the church. Not going to say that that's terrible because I know there's people who listen who are fine with that, and that's perfectly up to people's agency moving on. But that's my example I've chosen is, yeah, there's times where we think, you know maybe i'll compromise my standards a little my bit my moral seem, dignity just you know,
1: to yeah stick out a yeah. little less and it's like why are you dimming that light man like what are you doing don't shut it off <laughs> like like you know no, no stop you are our, you are a rock come on yeah <laughs> yeah no that's fair yeah. so I, I, yeah, I we keep I, I like that a lot. Like
0: talking still about that concept of yeah just removing the toxic or the the things taking away from the gospel from your life so we can live it in happiness but we really, like you said, we really have talked about how happiness is found in the gospel a lot. So, and it's true, mm-hmm. it is. Well, it's unavoidable, I think. Mm-hmm. Unavoidable. Unavoidable. Yeah, I think that's the one.
1: Unavoidable. Okay. Perfect.
0: But yeah, let let's hop on over here. We're getting uh, we're getting close to closing time here. I think. Mm-hmm. The last section is for the end of chapter five. It talks about what was the curse that came upon the Lamanites. And I'm very glad that the the church went over this because I was in an elders quorum lesson right after I came home from my mission where there was like a really oddly racially charged like argument happening. There was a teacher who you know was darker skinned who was teaching about um, just the church and um, certain races and its relationship to it and giving an amazing lesson on that and i can't remember what ward it is was in it was a ysa ward in calgary and uh yeah this guy was like uh i don't know i don't know i'm pretty sure the this, this the curse was yeah it was it was skin of blackness like that's that's just what it was and the guy was like hmm, no like like here's some reasons why it's not and like he was getting like kind of belligerent and so Good that the church is being very clear about this to, you know, help people not be carried about on every wind of doctrine and board out, well, basically. Yeah.
1: And, and so it's nice to see, <laughs> so is, like, especially because we can stick to what the church is saying here. And like, obviously people have their own opinions on it, but I truly, truly enjoy what this come follow me manual says about it. And like, I think that this has always been kind of the way I've thought about it, but I've missed some things that they've talked about it. And so I'll read one of the paragraphs here. And So it says that um, in Nephi's day, the curse of the Lamanites was that they were cut off from the Lord's presence because of their iniquity. Uh, this just mm-hmm. meant that the spirit of the Lord was withdrawn from their lives. So obviously, that's what being cut off means. When Lamanites were embraced, well, when Lamanites later embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ, though, the curse of God did no more follow them. Um, that being the curse of God, so you have to think of the curse as just like a curse that we think of in any way, like oh well, uh, I've my family's been cursed to bad luck forever, or like you go you watch the movie Holes or whatever. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, is that what you're getting at? The, is Holes the Yelnats yeah. curse or or whatever, right?
0: Madame so can, Madame Zaroni.
1: Yeah, and so then the next paragraph here goes: the Book of Mormon also states that a, ma- a mark of dark skin came upon the Lamanites after the Nephites separated from them. The nature and appearance of this mark are not fully understood. The mark initially, uh, distinguished the Lamanites from the Nephites. Later, as both the Nephites and Lamanites each went through periods of wickedness and righteousness, the mark became irrelevant as an indicator of the Lamanites standing before God. And so even then, it, like, the, uh, the Book of Mormon is, um, is a discount, uh, discounting the the mark entirely. And it's saying, like, it was never the mark. It was just there as, like, an indicator for Lamanites. Yeah, well, Nephi, they, they don't guess. know where it came mm-hmm, from, right? Mm-hmm.
0: They just know this just happened to be the way it was. And it just went to show, and like... And the curse is separate. There's that
1: cycle, the Nephite cycle, or, like, like the Lamanites are bad, the then they're cycle. good, then the Nephites yeah. are bad, then they're good, then they're bad, then they're good, they're good, they're bad. Yeah, man,
0: the point of King Lamoni, the Lamanites at that point, those were some righteous Lamanites, like, Beyond righteous, right? Like, yeah. Mm hmm. It's true. Uh, and it carries on. It says Prophets affirm in our day that the dark skin is not a sign of divine disfavor or cursing. The church embraces Nephi's teaching that the Lord denieth none that come unto him, black and white, bond and free, male and female. Good verse. So President Nelson says, The Lord has stressed his essential doctrine of equal opportunity for his children. Differences in culture, language, gender, race, and nationality fade into insignificance as the faithful enter the covenant path and come unto our beloved Redeemer. Boom. Mic drop. Great. Amazing. Love Love that man. Yeah. Differences in culture, language, gender, race, and nationality fade into
1: insignificance. As the faithful enter the covenant path, and co- yeah, I love that. That's awesome. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, I feel like it. This this uh, section is definitely a, like a little different. It it is kind of just a different topic, but it's very important. Mm-hmm. And I do hope that some Sunday school teachers well, don't gloss y- over the last topic. That yeah, they and uh, and a lot there. of
1: people will question that to the like to this day. That's still one of the more like brought up questions, I think. And and so like it's important oh. that we're still learning things that are in the the church's, you know, uh, biome of questions, I guess of like some things that people have brought up in, in a question or even in hatred towards the church. I think that's
0: important. Here's some Keaton doctrine for you. People, people have said that, yeah, the people aren't perfect. The church is perfect. Mm -hmm. I say that people aren't perfect and the church is becoming perfect that like the church has obviously changed over the years there's no question about that there's there's policies that changed and stuff and so there's no question that it's a different state than it was at the beginning so to say that it was perfect and will always be perfect it, i guess that's fair but i i like to think of it as that it's becoming perfect that it's just constantly getting better as you know as it's it's being you know redeemed it's uh, it's be becoming the perfect church of god as time goes on, okay. and that's definitely Keaton doctrine, you know. But well, because then like you could also that say that way.
1: people, well, people, the people aren't perfect, but they're becoming or like perfect, or they're undergoing perfection. Yeah, exactly,
0: right? Exactly. And I feel like the church is undergoing that same kind of, I guess, atonement. You know, the church is it's it's taking the heat of of people's choices, but at the same time, slowly becoming more perfect, so that people's choices can't corrupt the church. I guess that's what I'm getting at, right? So I like I like thinking like that again. Keaton doctrine. <laughs> okay. So with but yeah, that, yeah, with that, that I think brings that brings us brings to us, the end here. Yeah. yeah,
1: we're right at the very end. Um, again, like man, we got we, there. We, can only, we got there
0: without Caden too. Hey, yeah,
1: that's a long. It's a longer episode, a little bit, just because there truly is a lot to kind of dissect, and we we went through a lot of different um, conversation pieces during this episode. So hopefully, you guys enjoyed uh, listening and uh, trying to follow along with us as we go. I know Keaton and I are are, are ramblers ourselves, and, and normally Caden is the one who keeps us on, on track. And so I know these episodes, I cherish these ones a little bit, just because sometimes I, I just know I'm just going to let Keaton talk, or Keaton knows I'm just going to let Brayden talk. <laughs>
0: yeah, there, there has been hours before we actually record episodes where Brayden and I have a discussion about Star Wars or something, and Caden is just sitting there like... I don't know, eating dinner or like working on something else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he's like, are we, are we ready to record yet?
1: Yeah. So we will be getting, we're also undergoing perfection to be better hosts of the later day podcast. Um, that being said though, we definitely like to, um, thank you guys for listening. We encourage you to follow us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram at the later day pod on Twitter as well. Same handle. Um, Give us a message or two about how we're doing. Maybe even review us on Apple Podcasts. That'd be awesome. We definitely want to try to get this out to as many people as possible because the Book of Mormon is in need of flooding the earth once again. Um, And this is just our way of helping and going about doing it. Uh, We also want to extend a huge thank you to Spencer Rolfson, the Lucky Bandit, for doing our intro and outro music. Um, Thank you, Spence. We appreciate it. Uh, We love you guys. We hope you enjoy listening, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya.
0: Bye.